I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouth, people. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. the Potterskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? Happy birthday to me. What What was that, Jerry Lewis and Marilyn Monroe? What the fuck was that? That was like a, whoa. But happy birthday. That, that, that was me uh, doing a bad imitation of you singing happy birthday to me. You do realize that that's not on per like, that's actually on purpose. Like, that's not... I'm singing terribly on purpose, right? Of course. Okay. But I've also have heard you sing as best as you can. Ow. Thanks, man. <laughs> Damn. No, no. In, in all seriousness, I do want to thank you and everybody for all the love that you guys set aside uh, to for my secret fucking birthday episode. It, it meant the world to me. Uh, I laughed. I cried. I I cried and laughed. That's all. Those are the only really like real emotions I had. It was just tears streaming down my face and a big ass grin on my face. So, I hoped occasionally you just sat there shaking your head like, "What the fuck?" Not in a bad way, were, but just like, "What?" <laughs> there were there were some times where I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, yeah, there, actually, there were some. There were some moments where I, I, uh, I, I actually would be like, "What the fuck? How did he get them?" Oh, you mean like like cat eaters or something? Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I mean, no less uh, grateful for for her coming on, but that was that was one of the bigger shocks for me. Yeah, I I definitely tried to pull some, some surprises out for you. Um, I'm gonna do a quick run through. I have the list here of people that participated, and I would like to thank them all again real quick. So if you'll indulge me for a second, Rico. Um, big shout-outs to Henry, Bethany, and Jess from the Body Count Podcast. Um, Steve, our friend Midnight Smoke. Jamie, Cat Ears. Uh, Chris and OC from the Dave Podcast. Uh, Debbie, of course. And then Maddie Granger and April. As well as... Oh, and Jay. I'm sorry. You know what? But... You're right, because the list here was me arranging the uh, verbal, the verbals. Yes, but Jay as well. Her letter was beautiful. So, yes, uh, I, and I'll again thank you all to everybody, and you, and, and ultimately I gotta thank you, man. You you did a you you. It was really a sweet thing, and uh, it you know like I. I feel like I'm always just now going to second guess my birthday if you're going to do a fucking episode. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I'm going to 
top that one like that. I, mean, I you know yeah. that's the thing is like you you shot your wad out, dude. You gotta fucking only do it. You know, if you're gonna do this, you gotta go just a couple guests and have them talk for a long time, not bunch of guests talking for short time. You gotta. You know that's that's how you gotta do this. But honestly, dude, you're you're making me look like the shitty friend. Like no, now, no. I, I, because I can't record a fucking secret episode for you. You could do a rant. I I could do a rant, uh, but you know, for your for your birthday, you're you're turning forty. I don't want to fucking. Oh well, that's you, next year. We already did this year, so. I know, but like I'm saying, for your next birthday, I want to try and do something special. Well, I think I think I may have to you know, dial it back to your uh, milestone ones at this point, because if I don't, I'm going to run out of shit to do. <laughs> so I know you're going to, it's going to be like, all right, let's talk about uh, Rico again. And they're like, motherfucker, fuck this guy. Yeah. Fuck him at his birthday. He's only turning 29. Like that's an achievement. I, I do like the, the large amount of shit you took because it did occur to me that all of us were older than you by a reasonable margin. <laughs> uh, I thought Henry was younger Hen- than me. Yeah, Henry might be the only one that was younger than you, but the rest of us were reasonably older than you. And I think I'm the second oldest person that wished you a happy birthday on that thing. You know, it's not my fucking fault that my parents fucked when they fucked, okay? Well, they should have got on it sooner. I don't know. Um- no, they should not have. <laughs> So, um, no, but I'm glad you liked it. Do you have any, any, and I'm not asking you to like pick a favorite, but any highlights for you or anything like that? Anything that like really kind of, I mean, obviously um, the surprise of cat ears, but I mean, like, I mean, I, honestly, I feel like I owe Henry some fucking impressions. Yo, um, yeah. Well, it kind of makes me wonder how much of our library he's listened to. No, I'm just messing with you, Henry, but still. But I don't think I've done my Pacino on on air. Yeah, you like, have. I don't have I. It's really been more like like a passing thing where like you've been talking about something and then throughout like you know what a great ass or something like that. Like you've di- and then gone right back into right. you. Like it hasn't been like in a prolonged Pacino thing. So I, you know, for our listeners, I, I for our for, you know you know what for our number one fans. How about this? How about every time I do an, an old impression or a new impression, you you make a note and then you fucking send that shit to CJ because I honestly don't know how many impressions I do. Four. And I don't really have a number. I have four. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. How about you do an impression of someone with some fucking talent? Hey, 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 hey. I put some, some serious shit together, man. I got talent. I'm okay. the organizer. All, all, all right, all right. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, um, no, but it, good. I'm. I. You know, for me, like, look. Thank you again, everybody. Like, I'm not discrediting anyone's appearance. It was a lot of fun. I got pretty much exactly what I expected from each guest that we had on there. You know, Henry talking movies. You know. Chris and OC just going back and forth off each other, like, "Hey, can that, I get in that, was, that was a highlight. That's yeah. a here. I say happy, you say birthday. <laughs> that was that. That actually made me laugh yeah. a lot. You Yo, know, the, I think one of the OC, best parts of it was was can Stephanie I get in on was ha- laughing. What's that? I think one of the best parts of it was watching. Like, I laughed, but Steph was laughing the entire time. Good, good. Well, and and. I mean, it's complimentary, but Steph's easy to make laugh. So it's. Why good do that... you think I date her? Exactly. 
exactly. Um, but I mean, like with the Chris OC one, where he's like, "Hey, hey, OC, can I get in on half of that?" You know, like that just that part cracked me the fuck up. So yeah, it, it was like, "Hey, can I get a bite of that sandwich? Or can I get half of that?" And like, no, I just want to get in on this love for Rico. Yeah. Um, other parts, oh. I I really thoroughly enjoyed. Um, hearing april's voice i you know everybody honestly everybody yeah. but um some major highlights was uh i mean obviously i've got a big giant man crush on maddie granger there's yeah. no there's no fucking arguing that i i it's so weird because like he's just a dude and he'd be the first to say it yeah but it did really kind of like speak volumes that he took the time especially with his insane schedule to to talk about me and and be nice and ultimately just be kind um it i thought it was pretty interesting that there was a very uh slight in, uh reference to the king of comedy which i know you still haven't seen even though you said you were going to that it, night well yeah just because i really haven't had the opportunity but i will tell you that i have taken some shit for that since we released your birthday episode so um, Rightfully so. It is. It is a phenomenal fucking movie. Look, and- I, I, as bad as this may make me sound, I will tell you that's not it, me. Not seeing it has not been like a choice. I didn't even know it existed till Maddie said it. I think that's worse, dude. If I'm being honest. Well, maybe, but I'm not like because I'll tell you who gave me shit. All right, and and it wasn't on the recording. It was well post, but was Henry. Henry was yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, like, he was, you know, fucking around as he does. Like, I know he's not being shitty, but, like, you know. Did do you even did you even look at the basic premise of the plot? Dude, I haven't had the time. I've been running like a madman. All right, I'm going to give you the 10-second fucking, like, plot, okay? Go for it. Robert De Niro wants to be a fucking stand-up comic. He wants to, his dream job is to basically run his own talk show, like comedy talk show, right? Jerry Lewis is basically playing like Jerry Lewis. His name is Jerry Langford. And and he is like a Letterman, Carson, Leno type of guy. Right. Uh, De Niro gets so obsessed and stalks the motherfucker and eventually kidnaps him. And holds him hostage so that he can go on stage and do the opening monologue. That's what the movie's about. It's about obsession. It's about stalking. It's about celebrityism. It's about it's about really kind of going after your dreams a little too much. You know, and, it's kind of first off, you said ten seconds. That was well longer than ten seconds. But that aside, well, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a um, small dick. I have to overcompensate. Uh, what? <laughs> anyway, um, the other thing that you know what that sounds like is it sounds like a, and maybe this was meant to be a kind of a remake of this, but it was a terrible movie called The Fan, which De Niro was also in with Wesley Snipes, I believe, and it's about baseball. I don't know. I've I, see this is a movie I've never heard of. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Like I'm not gonna pretend it's some great movie because it's terrible. But um, you're really selling it, my friend. Um, I'm I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just saying though that the concept is very very similar. Um, here I'm pulling it up just so you can see uh, what I'm talking about. But 
Yeah, no, I I know Maddie charged me with watching that, and I didn't get a chance, and I know, but... Well, now I am. Now you've got to definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, here we oh, go. Oh, Tony Scott directed it. Yeah. It's got Ellen Barkin. Here, I'll get the full cast for you. I mean, it's got a decent cast to it. It's just not a good movie, yeah. you know? Which John happens. Leguizamo, Benicio Del Toro. Was this nice? And... I don't recognize anybody else. Uh, Ellen Barkin. Let's see. Yeah, the rest of it's. Oh, John Kruk actually shows up. That's funny. He's an actual I don't know baseball. Who John Kruk is. He's actually a baseball player. Played for the Phillies, Philadelphia Phillies. So. Oh, that's cool. Um, let's see. Oh, Tuesday night. I know that name. Tuesday night. Um, really? I want to say, she, yeah, the name. She was. I, I want to say she was in. I want to say she was like in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or something. Hold on, I'll pull it up. While it's loading, I'm, though, one one of my favorite people, MC Ganey. I like him a lot. He's a character actor, but I've seen him in a bunch of shit, and I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Aaron Neville. There you go. <laughs> the singer? Yeah. The guy who sounds like he's like different, like going through different stages of puberty. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um. Which wh- can you click on Tuesday night? I yeah, want to see I'm, which. I'm uh, here she goes. Nightmare Four. I knew. I had a feeling it was. Um. Well, that being said, again, I want to thank everybody, and I want to thank you, and and um. It was it was a good one. It was it was a uh, easily one of my favorite episodes. One of the things I liked about it was, like I said, I I got pretty much what I expected from every person. Do you know what I mean? For the most part, I you know. When I was putting yeah. the guest list together, I had I knew kind of what I was going to be getting, and the one none of them disappointed. I don't want to say it like that, but the one the the one set of guests that did not disappoint. I got to knew exactly what I was getting was Beth and Jazz. I knew you were going to say that. I <laughs> as soon as you know, no disrespect, no to either none. of them. None. They are who they are, and, and we love them for how they are. Exactly. But I I can predict <laughs> the chaos. How, <laughs> no, I can predict how Jess is gonna is gonna uh, greet the audience. Yeah. Because you're gonna do. How you guys doing? Absolutely perfect, or whatever the yeah, she's right. gonna she's gonna she's gonna have this long drawled out way of. You know, fuck you guys, you pieces of shit. No, I'm happy to be here. Well, Jesus. And then Fucking. I got the slow clap again. Yeah, I she you know, what the fuck? Uh that it it was just interesting to hear that and 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 hear the uh the try and reel her back in. But it was fun. and It, it was and, fun, and I appreciate uh, them coming on. Yeah. And I know I can talk minor shit because she doesn't listen to anything No, I know. She, she pulled out another one I didn't think she listened to, and she pulled out one that I didn't know she had already heard, and that was the Back to the Future episode. So. Oh, yeah, she did listen to that. Well, I, you know what? She might listen. I, she might not. I, Who knows? She I, won't listen I, to the I'm, birthday I'm, one. I'm sorry. <laughs> she won't listen to the birthday one. We know that because she doesn't listen to herself. We just have to tell her that she's on every episode that she'll not listen to <laughs> it. <laughs> like I don't remember recording that one. Well, you were drunk, you know. So, um, oh, <laughs> um, 
But yeah, that being said, I, I do appreciate it. and and I am actually having a a second birthday dinner uh tonight. So Yep. yep. And this, uh it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna go to a Benihana type nice. of place and I'm forever going to like because uh Chris Farley and Beverly Hills Ninja has ruined Benihana for me. Ah. Because at one point he dresses up as a fucking chef and is just like trying to flip the knives around and just being an overall idiot. And that's what I think of every time I go to a fucking like a Benihana teppanyaki kind of place. Yeah. Well, it I've never seen it, so I'm not scorned by that, but I hear you. You bitched about it enough when we were talking about comedy a couple episodes back. I didn't bitch about Beverly Hills Ninja. I never saw it. So why would I bitch about it? You did bitch about it. I've never Even though you said it. you never saw it. I, I did not. I did not talk about that movie at all. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did. I said I don't like those movies he's in, like I, I but I've never seen that. How one. do you know you haven't how do you know you haven't seen them? Because they're all the fucking same. No, they're not. Well anyway. I I have been told based on that that I don't have a sense of humor. So I don't think that's fair. I think you have a sense of humor. I think you just don't know what it is. <laughs> then maybe that's it. Um, that being said, uh, when you're hearing this, or when this is being released, I should say, it is going to be the 4th of July weekend. So happy 4th of July to everybody. Hope you're being safe and, you know, uh, at a barbecue and having some cocktails and not playing with fireworks at the same time. So don't drink in firework. Um, yeah, happy 4th of July, especially Henry. Yes. You know, sorry about that little skirmish. Uh, we won, so deal with it. But Did we, though? Did we? Until three years ago, we did. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that was... Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I, I, I made a post on Twitter, like, I would like to uh, gain my independence from Trump. No. Oh. Well... All right. And I know you don't mean to make our show political, but like it is really hard for me to be apolitical when like so much is going. I mean, he's fucking meeting with North Koreans, uh, North Korea, and and shaking it, and just doing a photo op with Kim Jong Un just because. This yeah, America is not a reality show, even though it's become one. Well, was it? Yeah, um, it it feels like a fucking episode of the apprentice but we're yeah we'll leave it there i feel i feel like it it's it's more of an episode of like the fucking kardashians you know what i was saying like or at least I've the ne- apprentice and the kardashians are are like the apprentice that's what i feel like america's sort of become but you know the, the one of the good things about uh independence day is they made a fucking couple movies or at least they made one good movie called independence day well, and that's exactly what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the two Independence Day movies. Um, ID4, as it's commonly, the first one is commonly referred to. Um, mm-hmm. And then Independence Day Resurgence, which came out 20 years later. Almost to the day, actually, if I recall. You know, that's the thing. I didn't know the ID4, and ultimately the IDR, was a thing. Because I guess they didn't own the like. I think Warner Brothers actually owned the rights to the title Independence Day, and Fox had to fucking like, you know, give it a sub name. I guess what for they the first one or the second one? Both of them. I don't know how. Okay. 
I'm not sure how they I don't only know, had... I, I looked up some trivia and there was some legal bullshit between Warner Brothers and Fox over just the title Independence Day. I don't think I knew that. I believe you, but I don't think I knew that. There's a, I mean, first off, I guess I'm going to have a slight confession. I may get some shit and I know I'm going to come off really, it's, it's going to come off really funny. Despite the fact that I grew up loving the early 90s cinema, you know, and, and I grew up with a lot of the back, you know, the resurgence of the 80s cinema, Goonies, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. I sort of call, you know, put them all in one thing, right? The right. big blockbusters of the 80s and 90s. Independence Day was the one I gave less of a shit about. I don't okay, know what why? it was. I think it was just because I never fully watched it from beginning to end, and I never saw it in theaters. See, now that's, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of movies, and we've talked about, you know, seeing things in theaters or not seeing things in theaters. Independence Day, I saw in theaters Fourth of July weekend. Like, I saw that. That's one of the few, and, you know, granted, I was 16, and there was, like, 10 of us that were like, we're all going to the movies, we're going to see Independence Day. It was like, all right, right. let's go. You know, um, which is a lot different now when I have a little more control over, like, where I'm going and who I'm going with. And I'm like, sure. yeah. But, um, but I saw it in a theater, you know, that weekend. And I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons why I uh, hold this movie the way I hold it. Because I do have uh, an interesting love for this movie. Now, when you rewatched it, did you watch the special edition version or the theatrical version? Theatrical. Okay, so I I may have a slightly negative. I look just just saying it out front. I liked the Independence Day movie. I liked the first one a lot. I thought it was really well done for what it was. Sure. Um, however, I think I fucked myself over because I saw the special edition. The special edition was not that special. It really should just be special ed. <laughs> uh, I know I'm, I'm gonna get a lot of shit for it. you. That know was what? bad. I own I own up. That was a bad joke. I apologize. But you uh, know what? In the in the it, words of Babylon, file that. I will file that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, the special edition just took a lot of deleted scenes and just shoved them into the movie. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, not a fan of when they do that. If they do it right, and we've talked about that before, and the one I always seem to go to for a good example of that is Daredevil, the Affleck Daredevil, because the director's yeah. cut of that is substantially better than the um theatrical the theatrical release and it's because of some of the scenes they put back in so well you know i actually didn't hate the theatrical cut of daredevil either but you i know. know but i didn't either but the director's cut is still substantially better than the theatrical cut, i I, I, I agree but for this since i didn't have because i didn't watch independence day like I watched Jurassic Park or Goonies or Indiana Jones. I, I think I've seen it in chunks over the years. And I think this, honestly, this may have been the first time I actually sat down and watched it from beginning, middle, and end. So it, there's a first here. It's the first time I forced you to watch some shit that you've never seen before. Because usually usually it's, it's, okay, I haven't seen that in 10 years, or I haven't seen that in forever. But it's the first time it's like, I've never really watched it. Um, with the, ex well, with the exception of that, uh, Michael Keaton insanity, uh, movie that you made me watch. Insanity movie. Where they're fucking like the, the Michael Keaton version of Cuckoo's Nest. 
What the fuck? The good matter. No, the one where they're in a fucking asylum and they go to New York City. Oh, yeah, but that wasn't for an episode. I'm talking for an episode. Like, we watched that oh. just to watch it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess, the, I mean, but uh, I reiterate, I have seen Independence Day. I just have not seen it for like 20 years, and I don't think I saw the whole thing. I still counted the fact that I saw it. Whatever. But, uh, you, you can't all right, all right, I'll, I'll give it to you. You made me watch a fucking movie for an episode. I saw it. You happy? <laughs> Yes, thank you. Um, you know, I'm not happy you made me fucking see the second one. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't think it's as bad. And we even talked. Okay, so last night I did the monthly tabletop stream that I do. Um, right. And I brought up the fact that we were doing this episode today. And the one person I was talking to, Kane, he, he agreed with me that, like, yes, comparatively, the second one's bad to the first one however it's not bad as bad as some other movies that are out there like it's serviceable and as a sequel it does what it does but it's not the worst thing i've ever seen not by a long shot i think if i i would have to kind of agree and disagree i think if it was a standalone movie you know what i mean like if, right. if it was just there was no first independence day i think actually it'd be a pretty decent flick but as a sequel, I find it really bad. It connects okay. to the world. It's, it is yeah. a sequel in the sense that it is it it expands the world. And I actually am kind of digging the you know the this universe that's in that's that's this. Right. But right. As a story itself, it really uh, wasn't fucking great. Well, honest. and I think to your point about the universe, if you because of it being part of a universe, that's why you know what I mean. Because a lot there's a lot of tie back to the first movie. You know, there's also a lot of like empty space. No pun intended. That you know doesn't get filled in very well. And I have to agree with you there. Like, so um, I, I definitely want to go back to the first one, but right. Liam Hemsworth's character, Jake Morris. I liked him, but there's no real explanation. There's not a whole lot of backfill there, and I well, think, yeah, yeah. Why do we give a fuck about his character? Is really well, you give a fuck about his character because he's engaged to the former president's daughter, who's the yeah, secretary of state. But why do we give a? Why is that? A, I mean, you know. And then he has the history with um, Dylan Will Smith's son's character. You know, which let's talk about that. Sure. Let's, let's let's go back to the first movie and let's say that seventy five percent of why the a first movie was so successful was based on Will Smith's charisma. Okay, fifty percent. I'll give you fifty. Right. Yeah, I'll give you fifty percent. Fifty percent because, like, I think Bill Pullman's performance in that movie is really good. I think that. Um, Jeff Goldblum's performance is really good. Like, I mean, it's it's typical Goldblum, but it's still good, you know. And then even it's, Judd Hirsch yeah. as his father, like that that offset, that was a good pairing because I feel like it offset the typical Goldblum that we get. You know, it was a good way to offset that. I gotta agree. I I actually will I will I will say this up front. I think Judd Hirsch is the uh the fucking gem of these movies and especially the second one because he's really 
the funny part of the second one. Everyone else is trying to do one-liners and jokes, but they all seem forced. Whereas when he does it, he it seems natural. See, it didn't feel natural to me in the second one. To me, it felt forced. It felt more natural to me in the first one. I, I well, either way, I, I you know we're we're going to agree to disagree on certain shit as oh, we sure. always do. No, no, no. Yeah, of course, I'm not. But I'm just saying, to me, Judd Hirsch's character felt a little too um, in the second one felt too stereotypical. Not even stereotypical, but trying to push the comedy. Like it, it felt like they put him in positions for one-liners so that he could deliver the one-liner. Whereas the one-liners in the first one felt like they came because unforced into the position. Do you know what I mean? Like he was there, and so you know. Sure, I gotta and, say, for for it being twenty years later, his character aged well. remarkably fucking right? well. Right. Um. Speaking of aging, there's a couple of questions I have about that, but let's go back to the first one um, because, again, it's the better of the two. We both agree with that. Um, uh, so, I, like I said, I saw the theater. It was it was chock full of um, character actors and high-profile people, I think, at least in my Agreed. opinion. Um, you know, you got... Mary Mc, Mary McDonald, you got John Hurst, as we talked about, Robert Loggia, who is just an oh, acting gem. Robert Loggia. I love him, Robert though. Loja. I, I love do. Robert Loggia. Um, you get James Reborn, who's, I think that's how you say his name, but he's just yeah. a douchebag in every movie I've ever seen him in. But, but he's really, But he's really good at it, so like I'm not saying <laughs> shitty things about him. He's a great actor because he's great at playing a douchebag. You but, saw Scent of a Woman, right? Oh, it's one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. That's he is always you know, my I remember he was also what the fuck else was he in? He was in um Hold on. I'm gonna look it up. Uh I got it right look, here. But Okay, you know what the biggest surprise for because I again I hadn't seen this movie in twenty years. When Harry Connick Jr. shows up Oh, as yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I flipped the fuck. I, I mean, in a very positive way. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing in this? And he plays a really campy role, but not in a way that it's stupid or annoying. Like it's really endearing. Like you really love the campiness of that character. You know Agreed. what I mean? Like his, you know, I. It it took me a while to to wrap my brain around this sequence where he where um Will's character drops the ring and he, Harry picks it up and then it pans out and it looks like he's proposing to him but it didn't like click in my brain to, I mean not on this viewing like I realized it a long time ago but that didn't click into me right away you know I was more yeah, I agree I I, I thought Harry Connick Jr was is an underrated actor, especially an underrated comedic actor. Right. And then his his Reverend uh Reverend King speech that he does in the plane is like his, oh is uh is uh Al Sharpton. No. No 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 no. I think he that's was, supposed I, to be Martin no, Luther King. He, I think he was referencing Sharpton. He was doing an impression. And the, the subtitle said impersonating Al Sharpton. Well, just because a subtitle said doesn't mean it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, actually. That's, no, that's no, kind of, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it could be wrong. <laughs> uh, you know what? Now I've got to look it up. Now you're going to be a douche, and i got to look it up. So I'm going to look I, it up. I'm not being a douche. You're being a douche. You just can't tell the difference between fucking 
Martin Luther King and fucking Al Sharpton. But, but anyways, uh, Harry Connick Jr., dude, I thought was, was funny. You know, yeah, he was one of the best parts of Iron Giant, and I love the movie The Iron Giant. Um, he also, what else was he in? He was, uh, he was super fucking creepy in a movie called Copycat. I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. Dude, he, he imagine if you took the same type of, you know, Southern, uh, accent that he has in Independence Day and like made him super creepy and like, like okay. a serial killer and super stocky. Right, like a stalker, right. stalkerish, not like stalking. Like I'm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, be- I genuinely believe the friendship between Will Smith and Harry Connick Jr. I thought that. Oh was, yeah, yeah. I thought that was good. And and you know, for it being Will's first like starring role. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com listen. That's thefarmersdog.com listen. Well, his first breakout. I mean, he had been in something else right before, and I think it was like where he plays oh. the um, the gay guy. But I don't think that's a starring role. I think that's a support cat role. Like it's 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 a major support role, but I don't think it's a starring role because I know what you're talking he, about. Well, he was in oh, what the fuck? It was something. Well, I mean, he was in obviously he was in Fresh Prince. Right, we know that. That because was this is, really. This is the movie that gets referenced in Jersey Girl. This is the movie that Ben's character flips out about him starring in, like, yeah. if you recall, where he basically loses his job. Very Spoilers. true. Uh, <laughs> Six Degrees of Separation That's was it. the one he did, yeah. did before. And then he did um, Bad Boys. Bad Boys was right before Independence Day. Was it? Yeah. No Bad shit. Boys came on fucking 95. 95. And Independence Day was 96. Well, fuck me. And then it was Men in Black. Like, right, Men in Black was after. Right, I yeah, knew that. Men, Men in Black, I mean, like, for a while, I was expecting Will Smith to just fight all the aliens. Well, that's kind of why, like, he was hesitant to do the second Men in Black when they did it, because he didn't want to be pigeonholed into that that kind of character, you know, alien fighting, special agent thing. Um by the way, you know, it you'll find this interesting because you mentioned Bad Boys. Bad Boys for Life, which is Bad Boys 3, is due out next year. It's in post-production. Has not even come out yet. They've announced Bad Boys 4. Oh, really? According to the IMDb. I don't like that shit. I don't like it when they do that type of shit. I, I have to agree. Like, I, I, you know, 
There's a handful of series or whatever where you can do that. Like the Marvel movies, you can announce it's going to be, you know, Spider-Man homeboys for life or whatever they're going to call the third one, you know, because you know that thing's going to... I don't know. But you know that... That's a good one. Because they're going to... That's going to make a ton of money. It's going to make all the money in the world this weekend. You know, like... But but it's also going to be good. Like, even if it's not as good, it's still going to be good. Bad Boys 3 could fucking be bad. Or it It could could be the best one in the trilogy to this point. Right. So, I mean, don't fuck. I mean, I've also been hearing rumors that Birds of Prey, the fucking Suicide Squad spinoff that we've talked about uh, with. Uh, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like there's already some reviews, like early buzz of early screenings of this saying that it's crazy in a good way. It's all over the place, all over the top in a good way. And I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. Every early review for DC has been fucking phenomenal reviews. And then we watch it. We're like, what the fuck? The the problem that Birds of Prey has, and we need to get back to Independence Day, but the problem that Birds of Prey has going for right off jump is simply the fact that it's going to get compared to Suicide Squad, you know, without question. It's, you know what I mean? Like at the same time, there's a separate Suicide Squad reboot being made. Right. I know. So we'll have to see. But anyway, that Well, aside, it's important to talk about Suicide Squad because Will Smith was in both. Yes, he was dead shot. Get back to the, the Independence Day, though. So, like, they... First off, like I said, I liked... I really liked Jeff Goldblum's character. I liked how they... I felt he was similar to um, his character in Jurassic Park, but not as campy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it felt more serious. I 100% agree. He, I liked him more in Independence Day than I did in Jurassic Park. Yeah, right? And, and it it just fit better. He he felt like he fit you know, in better there. You know what he is? This Jeff Goldblum is the same Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park 2, not 1. Yeah, and and if I recall, and I'm looking up while we're talking, I think I think Jurassic Park two came out after this movie, so I'm wondering if maybe yeah, he kind of look took this and went, okay, that's what I should have done, and did that for, you know what I mean, Jurassic Park two. I think or, I think his I think his character as Ian Malcolm needed some growth and oh yeah, whereas whereas in this one as as in Independence Day and then Independence Day two or Resurgence or whatever the fuck it's called, um, it's it's more Jeff Goldblumy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's not. Yeah. This doesn't feel like the same character. Also, there are parts of of this history of the first two movies where I I feel like I missed something, but they didn't explain anything. Why? What happened to his wife between the first one and the second okay. one? So that's one of the notes I took. You're very 100% right. They don't get into that. They talk about what happened to Will Smith's character. You know what happened which, to him. Which was kind of a fucking... Like, I know he was expensive and he didn't want to come back for a sequel. Or he had to do... Yeah, he was filming Suicide Squad. That's ultimately why. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, he chose Suicide Squad over Independence Day 2. It's hard to determine which one was the better choice. But um, well, let's he, say Independence Day because I think even without him, it's a better movie. But with him, it probably would have been a an even better movie. You know, what I, I mean? think I was more entertained by Suicide Squad, even though I hated it more. 
I can see that. But at least, I feel like at least Suicide Squad had fucking Batman. <laughs> briefly, but yes. It helped. Oh well, yeah, it was one of the better scenes in the movie. But anyway. But yeah, where where the fuck? I mean, yeah, for the, to kill him off off screen in kind of a shitty way, which is like he was testing a new ship that he had already kind of flown already. Like he was like one of the pioneers. He was the first human to pilot one of these spacecrafts, and they were testing you know, combining their old technology with the other's new technology and it, what it blew up. Like really That's such an awful fucking yeah. way for the character. It, what really should have happened if he did come back was like, he should have been president. Like I had no problem with them being Sue Ward and a female president and all that kind of stuff. Like that was great. Yeah. Awesome. You know what I mean? But like if he came back, that's where you should have put his character. He should have been in the white house or have him be the Colonel. And yeah. The yeah. 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 That's, the, to see the guy Loja have a small ass cameo was nice, especially I think, think I think it was probably his last movie. Oh, has he has he passed? I didn't realize. I think Robert Loja passed like right after the premiere or something. Uh, like he I died will, yeah, pretty he, recently. He looked. I mean, with all respect to Robert Loja, he looked sickly. He didn't look good in that. Look, with all due respect to Robert Loja, Robert Loja's always looked like that. No, but he looked really sickly. Like, he, I mean, I'm he, not he trying looked, to be Yeah, rude, he looked but, old. Yeah. He looked um, old and tired. To be December, fair, so did fucking Bill Pullman. Well, yeah, but I think that was on purpose, whereas I think closer just was. I hate to say it, but I mean, yeah. Um right. Let's see. Independence Day Resurgence came out on June 24th, 16, and Robert Loja passed away on December 4th, 15. So they must have shot it. Oh, and then he passed. So, wow, I didn't realize that. I thought I thought yeah. he had died more recent than that, but okay. Mm -mm. Well, at least according to IMDb, let's hope it. No, right. yeah, I but, mean yeah. IMDb is usually on top of this shit. They are, they are, yeah. So, um, but his character in the first one was great, fantastic. Love that Colonel. Love, yeah. you know. Um, and even more important, he's not your stereotypical Colonel warmonger. He's, nope. he's all about like he's all about supporting the president, whatever the president wants to do. You know who is actually more that stereotypical character is is reborn. The yeah, you're right. He's he's more that that guy in this movie. You know, then I remembered where other movies I saw him from. He was from my cousin Vinny. Was he Vinny? He was. Oh, he's the, the car expert. Yeah, right. He's the guy that 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 uh, Marissa Tomei ultimately like makes look like a moron. And he was also in Meet the Parents. Okay, that I don't think I saw, or if I did, I saw you, it once. I think I've seen it once, but that's the okay. is that the he, first he, is that the first one in the in the series of those? Yeah. Oh yeah, then I have seen that like once or twice, but I don't remember him. You know what else he did? He was in a series I used to watch on USA called The White Collar. It was a um, Catch Me If You Can kind of story, and yeah, he I, was like, I know of it. I never watched it. It's a really good series, actually. I think you would actually like it a lot. But he played um, the director of the FBI. But he wasn't yeah. on every episode. Like, he would uh, periodically show up and have to do something. But he wasn't. I think he was in, like, he, it would, show was on he, for, like, five was, seasons. And I think he, he was, was in, the like. He was the Mycroft of, of uh, Sherlock, so to speak. Wasn't in every episode, but was sort of I mean, integral when he. When you mean um, not Mycroft? You're thinking of his father. Um, Mycroft's his brother. Um, 
No, I'm thinking of Sherlock. You're thinking of elementary. I'm talking oh, about right. my yes. Um I think I he's closer reference. to the father in elementary. Then which I haven't even seen. So okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. But but anyway, the point. But the point to that is he's not a douchebag in that role. He's actually a, a good character. He's not like a douchey director. He's actually supportive. Um, well, if I could, if I could talk about his character briefly. Yeah, please. His his character's name is actually a reference to like a studio exec that gave Roland Emmerich a bunch of shit. So the whole the line of Mister whatever the fuck Nimzicky. you're fired. Yeah. Yeah. Is a direct reference to them giving the actual guy who has the same name some shit. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, want to talk about a couple quick, uh, jewels to this movie, if you will. And I use the word jewel loosely, but, um, some quick standout. We talked about Judd Hirsch, but I would say, um, Brent Spiner data as Dr. Oaken. I thought was a good cast. Um, That's fucking. Are you shitting me? I didn't even fucking know that was the same guy. Yep, that's that's Commander Data, Lieutenant Commander Data. Dude, I'm Star I'm so not a Trek fan, and you could tell on side Independence Day like for the first time. I was looking at him I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I know. I mean, I I remember seeing the this. I mean, for for pound for pound, I think the chilling scene for me is when they strangle the dude and. You okay. use his vocal cords to speak. Right, which is something I kind of had an, uh, an issue with because, so we're going to jump around and we do that all the time. So let's let's get into that because that's one of the notes I took, right? All that scene happens. It's chilling, like you said. That scene, by the way, is the one scene that really felt like a horror movie because all the fog comes in and you just see right. like all the, the shadow and bodies flying. Like it felt very aliens or predator Agreed. or Agreed. something like that. Um, and I'm not saying any of that as a negative. It's just a point of contrast, if you will. Um, yeah. But when he, when they smack his face up against the glass and he does his talking for the alien and then they shoot the thing and kill it, they go in and check him and they basically give off the impression that he's dead. Like the, the one general like feels his pulse and gives that typical TV look of like he's not here anymore you know and so I it was widely um, accepted by many people I know that saw that movie prior to Resurgence coming out he was dead and we were all okay with it in that that's just how the story went we didn't like necessarily not like the character but like okay if that's what's gonna happen then it's what happened so then for him to be like in this 20-year coma in Resurgence was like, no. Um, well, because I saw the special edition, I think it was... I'm trying to remember if they established that he was in a coma, but they actually left it open for his character to stay alive, and I think they kind of cemented that more in the special edition because they had always kind of planned on doing a sequel. They just didn't know when the fuck it was going to happen. Right, but I... Okay. And, and that may all be good and true and i'm not debating any of it but they didn't do that in the theatrical release which is the one most people have seen right you know so i i had a bit of a problem with that um but we'll go back to other characters and then we can oh well god what did you want to say well i, I want to talk about um what's his name oakum Oaken. Oaken. yeah um he you know 
in the first film, they establish him as this eccentric, kooky, if not gregarious uh, character, right? You know, right. kind of, and especially since he's in Area 51 and, you know, basically a prisoner in right, Area and 51. They, and yeah. as he puts it, they don't really let them out that often, is how right. he puts it. Right. Um, and they kind of made him very flamboyant. And then in the second one, it's revealed that he's 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 gay and that he has right. a partner. Right. Now, I kind of felt it was actually more homophobic to turn the character gay based on that he was just an eccentric, flamboyant guy. Not to say gay people can't be eccentric or flamboyant, but it kind of felt like a gimmick, you know what I mean? Um I I see where you get that, Rico. So like I'm not faulting your perspective. I'm not completely out of line with my assumption is what I'm saying. No, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more of we need a character to represent that group and they shoehorned it into the already existing character as opposed to having a new character that may have been, you know, a homosexual in orientation. And that's, and they didn't do it well. And that's kind of the problem. and I, all, I, I agree with that as well. I think, I think we're both right. I think it's, it's a combination of the two. And actually, yeah, but the way, a, the way you describe it, and I know you don't mean this, so I will defend you to the T that I know that's up. You make it sound like they went out of their way to be homophobic, and I don't think that was the indication. You know, or I don't no, think that's that, what they were that, doing. That was not my intention. I think, if anything, it was unintentional homophobia is what I mean to say. I could see unintentional. Sure. Yeah. And if that's what you meant, then I agree. I have to agree with you more, but yeah, I I also will add the fact that Roland Emmerich made a whole big point on like Twitter and social media before independence day two came out. He was talking about how he's like, there's going to be a gay character because it's important and also important for representation. However, a lot of people, especially... I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Um, critics and and critics from the uh, from the gay community felt like you really made this a big deal, but it really was not that. Like you didn't, it wasn't there. It, you, we actually had to kind of figure out the guy. The character was gay. the The execution was not well done. the The intent was well and 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 good, but the the execution didn't work. You Especially know. since I didn't even know that the couple was a couple. Like, 
Yeah, it, I didn't even I mean, realize there were a couple when the guy was dying, and he and they then there was this moment of, oh, okay, right. But, I mean, you know, I, I'm the more I talk about this, the more it sounds like I'm coming off bad, but you know, I'm really trying to just explain. Yeah, it just felt like they shoehorn a gay character into someone who was flamboyant, and it actually, it actually made. It, I mean, I asked Stephanie, I'm like, is this kind of homophobic? She's like, a little bit. And to me, like, his flamboyance was more a product of, how would I put this? The the confinement of being in Area 51, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that was a way you would explain his flamboyance more than, you know, his sexual orientation. That's how Agreed. I always kind of, you know, so that goes back to feeling like they shoehorned it into the existing character, you know, so... um. Not the greatest thing they did. I I don't believe there was any negative uh, intent to that right. in any way, and I I want to stress that to anyone listening that we like we don't feel like that there was you know an anti-gay thing going on or a a mocking of the homosexual community as much as trying to represent as you said, Rome. You know, Emmerich said on online or whatever, and just poor execution really is what it boils down to. Right. Um, again, I mean, we we're going back and forth. I thought he was more intriguing in the first one than he was yes. in the second one. Oh, without question, sure. Um, because I agree. The, he he's he's overused in this one a little bit. Um, I I didn't mind him getting more screen time, but you're right. I think it's slightly overused. Yeah. Um, and he's and he's even more over the top. Like, but right. I still liked him more. Than whoever was that fucking piece of shit assistant who was just there for comedy relief. Yeah, I I like, know who you're talking. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live is in. Actually, I don't think he was an assistant. I think he was like there to evaluate the financial use of Livingston's department and ended up turning into like right. this renegade or whatever. Yeah. Was his name um, Floyd? I I have here. I'll I'll go back. Fucking I was Floyd. On, fucking Floyd. Um. You're talking about the the actor's name or the character's name? The character's name was Floyd, I think. All right. Hold on. I'm looking. Yeah, Floyd Rosenberger. Just an awful character. It was bad. Yeah, that not great. But I want to talk to go back to a great character that I really enjoyed. And and I might be alone in this, but I fucking loved Harvey Firestein as Marty Gilbert. The assistant Dude, to the cable guy. I, the cable I agree. I'm a massive fan of Harvey Pierce. I mean, he when he came on, I'm like, oh my god, it's me with a cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except he is actually flamboyantly gay and open about it. You know, like oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that there were two actors from Mrs. Doubtfire in this movie. Right. It's it's well, the girl, um, Randy Quaid's do- daughter. And who's the daughter? Yeah. And who's the second one? Are you Firstine. Is he in that? Oh, right, because he plays his brother, right? Yeah, he 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 literally makes the mask. He, he thought, makes Mrs. Doubtfire's face. Maybe I got that. I got. I think I got that in Birdcage confused because no, because he reason. says you look like a mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, you're right. I All forgot right, about everybody, that. Let's pray. But he's. <laughs> His and I've seen him in a bunch of stuff where his comedic chops are really good. Like his timing is something that's one of the best I've seen. Like, you know, he gets on the oh, phone. He's a, he's, he's a playwright. Is he? Yeah. Oh, all right, there you go. 
Um, but like when he picks up the phone and he calls his mom and tells him to go to his sister, her sister's in Atlanta, and then he hangs up the phone. David, why did I send my mother to his to Atlanta? You know, like <laughs> it's. Uh, I I read that the original line for uh, I gotta call my mother. I gotta call this. I gotta call my lawyer. Ah, fuck my lawyer. Right. It's he, really the it was really the original lie. He's like, ah, forget my lawyer. Well, they wanted to make it PG thirteen. That makes sense because this you get what you get one f bomb. I don't think you did ninety six. I think they've changed it since then. I don't think ninety six. They because those those rules for the the ratings have kind of fluctuated over the years. So I don't know that they were as as loose back then. But anyway, that aside, like mm-hmm. that one, the the um. The scene in the car when he's calling his therapist and he's like, for $300 an hour, you can put me through to his house in the Hamptons. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's, you know, and then ultimately when he sees the fireball coming at him, he's like, oh, crap. And then then in the car lands on him. Right. Yeah. So it, he, but he was a great character. And honestly, you know, to me, another great character, and it's a shame the actor's gone a little nuts, is Randy Quaid's character, Russell Case. Hmm. I have I'm not to disagree. You didn't like him. I didn't like. He, you know what? I guess I've never liked Randy Quaid. I've always thought he was. I mean, he he is great at what he does for the character that he does, right? Which is the cousin Eddie character. All his character in in Independence Day is cousin Eddie with a pilot's license. That's okay, all I, he is. I don't know what cousin Eddie is, so. From from National Lampoon, like yeah, no. uh, Christmas Vacation. Nope. Okay. Never. So seen it. in in Vacation, Christmas Vacation, he is playing the exact same type of guy, okay. a drunken, gross, you know, cheap, you know, ultimately loving, lovable guy who's got a big family, but is like he's that guy who is he drives home, he drives over in an RV, and is dumping the septic tank into the sewer and like the smells getting everywhere and you know it, and it just it's hard to explain but i guess no, i, I never it. particularly he's good in that role but i guess i always preferred dennis quaid like as well, opposed no, to Randy the, quaid. yeah yeah of the of the quaids he's not the better <laughs> we'll put it that way because <laughs> yeah, i agree with and you I, it's unfortunate randy quaid has gone batshit bananas like Total fucking yeah. nutty and and total schizophrenic, and I feel for him. You know, I feel for for anybody who has a mental illness. However, there were clear signs for years, and someone should have stepped in. I mean, right, you know, Dennis, you should have fucking stepped in. Right, but I mean, I'm not telling you it's a likable character, but I and. I guess so. I'm kind of saying the same thing you are. Like, I liked his performance of what the character is because the character is not a very redeeming character for the 95% of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he finishes strong. He does finish strong. But I mean, like, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've been exhausted or whatever and like Deb or somebody's brought me a cup of coffee and I'm like keep it coming keep it coming keep it coming you know like that line he does when he's trying to sober mm-hmm. up so he can fly the the jet plane you know uh I I agree he had some comedic chops in it I thought the I think you know I, I think I would have liked to have actually had gotten a proper answer of whether he was abducted by aliens 10 years previously or not 
I think it's to me it's pretty clear. I I feel like yeah. he was. If he was, then the American government would have known that like the aliens were there. Not necessarily. I mean, well, and we'll get to the bigger problem I have with the alien race, this this mm-hmm. alien organization, because I have a big fucking problem with that part. Well, you- I think my bigger problem with the Randy Quaid character is actually not so much about Randy Quaid or his character. It's about the kids. I think the kids are just kind of not like, I think one, there's too many problems and we don't really get any resolution. Right. Like because the special, I don't know if it is for the theatrical release, but the special edition one, there's the kids are in in it a lot. And like the youngest one is like super sick and there's, there's a sequence in the first one in the theatrical where he's sick, but there's no real explanation for why he's sick. He's just sick. Well, in the special edition, they say there's something wrong with his fucking blah, 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 which okay. means it could be like Crohn's disease or something. Right. OK. But yeah, but like, but like why introduce this really kind of important plot point and then really get no resolution? Because the movie ends with the kids still probably fucking sick as shit. Well, yeah, I, and then maybe that's why I got cut out of the theatrical version because in in the theatrical version he's just laying down in the in the bed in the back of the RV, and the oldest and the the sister comes to the older brother and is like his his temperature's pretty bad or something to that effect, and then they just right. and then they just dismiss it. It just goes away, right? Um, and I'm just saying it was just not a good thing to have. The only reason why those kids are even in that movie with all respect to all three actors is simply so that when he flies the plane into the ship at the end of the thing, you can have that heartfelt moment where the kid has that like come to Jesus moment about how awesome his father was. You know what I mean? That's really the point. (laughs) But, but couldn't they have done it with less of that? Like, could it just been like a scene? Yes. Or, or you don't even need it. Like, I, I don't feel like that part was necessary. You know what I mean? So my, my favorite one of his kids was the, uh, the Hispanic Keanu Reeves. Yeah. The older Keanu, brother, the oldest brother. Yeah, Keanu, Keanu Reyes. Oh, jeez, I'm not even going there. That's all Keanu you. Reva, Keanu Reeves. That's all you. I That's all me, it. man. But That's tell me you. that dude is not like a, a Hispanic Keanu Reeves. Like he's Keanu Reeves circa 95. Well, let me ask you this. How much do you remember? Um, uh, fucking uh, Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage. None. None? Okay. I, I, I haven't seen Gone in 60 Seconds. There's, I don't think. there's a character in that movie that I actually had to go back and see if he played the same, like it was the same actor. It's not. It turns out it's two different people. But they're practically the same fucking character. It's really... I think I know who you're talking about because as I was watching this one, I was like, fuck, he looks so much familiar. And it's not just because he kind of resembles Ken Reeves, but like there's something about this guy. I'm like, he looks like someone else that I'm trying to place. I'm just going to look him up. Because um, while you're doing that, I want to ask you, and it's going to sound like a really left field question, but do, are you a fan of um, Avatar The Last Airbender? No. No? Have you just not seen it or you're not a fan? I saw one episode and it was like I was babysitting someone and I just kind of was like, what the fuck is this? I don't, okay. I don't know. Well, that aside, I think you would actually like it, but 
the what I what I didn't know until literally just right now is that the actor who plays the president's daughter, the little girl, is yeah. a voice of one of the major characters in that series. So that's kind of a cool thing for me, just because I'm a big fan of the Avatar. So, um, oh anyway. wait, you said Gone in sixty seconds? Yes, it is the same guy. Is it James Edward Duvall? Oh shit! Or double, du- Duval. I think uh, it's yeah. D u v a l. I mean, it's not Duvall like Robert Duvall. It's Duval. I think. Well, are you sure? Because and he said always... he plays Fred. No, no, no. Well, Fred's like, okay. So it is the same guy. I thought I looked it up and it was someone different. But yeah, that's he's the also character. in Donnie Darko. He plays right. Frank, the fucking rabbit. Well, what um, I what I was asking if you're sure about is whether or not it's not Duvall because Robert Duvall is also in Gone in sixty seconds, and I wonder if that's how he got the role as Fred. I don't like, think so. Uh, I think also Robert Duvall and this guy's last name were spelled differently. It's that's Duvall with two L's on the Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. this this guy's uh different. It's one L. Uh, right. but he you know, look at this photo of him. Yeah, that's him. And he, he looks he looks exactly the same. Like the dude aged really well. Yeah. Um anyway, that oh no shit. I just had to learn something about Gone in Sixty Seconds I didn't know either. How about that? Um that, that well, was at one point a movie? No, I love this fucking movie. Fuck you. Um No, what I didn't know, to be I, honest with you, is like Angelina Jolie's character, her name in the movie is Sway. They just call her Sway. That's that's what they call her by. Um, okay. In the credits here, it says her name is Sarah Sway, in quotes, Waylon. So Sway is Sarah Waylon. Sarah know. Way. Got it. Sway. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, see, I see it. I'm, uh, but I'm I, never, do it. I never knew that before right now because I was... Just never cared Dude, to look really. Um guys, CJ's learning shit. Right? What the fuck? Hey, we hey, we taught smoke something a couple episodes back, if you recall. So you Yeah, know. that Justin Trudeau had sex with an alien? No. I was talking about the, the pirate stuff, <laughs> but yes. Um <laughs> getting back to so should we get into my biggest problem with with this again, it was fine if they never made the sequel. The sequel is what drew my ire, not because I, they made a sequel, but it, we'll put it this way. It made a plot hole where there was no plot hole Okay. Prior. So we're going back to the sequence with Oaken up against the glass and being choked out and speaking for the alien, right? So In the first one. In the first one, right. So yeah. they're talking to him, and then he, uh, President Whitmore, um, what the fuck is his name? I just blanked on his name. Shit. Pullman's character Pullman. says, what do you want us to do? And he just he starts repeating, die. And then he does the mental this, telepathy. They say it once. I think he said it twice, to be fair. Okay. Yeah. I, all right. Um, but then he starts doing the mental thing that's represented by like this high-pitched screeching noise, and he starts like falling over or whatever. Right, And then they kill the alien, he stands up, and he goes, I've seen their whole plan. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. 
Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. They go from planet to planet using every natural resource They with their whole society. That's the key word here. So they're traveling around with their entire society, right, according to what the president saw from the images that I guess they put in his head or whatever. Right. Then they blow up the mothership later in the movie. Spoilers, people, on a 23-year-old movie. But they blow up the mothership later, and it's assumed that all of them are dead, except maybe the ones that might still be, you know, strangling around on on Earth, right? That maybe right. not died in the bigger ship, the the scout ship uh, explosions or whatever, right? That right. I can wrap my brain around, but the society's supposed to be gone, and then they're back 20 years later. Sorry, you lose me there. That's the biggest problem I had. I can I can agree with that, and I and I do ultimately agree with that. That it does seem like the whole. The only thing I could say is that there was another, like the the queen's mothership was just in orbit, out of our fucking solar, like in right. our solar system, but like far enough. But like I'm with it you. Even, it was it, it even, was a cheap cop out. It even had a cloaking device, which I can get behind all that. My problem is the line was written for the script. Their whole society travels to do this. So there shouldn't be any more. And I can't even blame this on, like, new writers. Because, no, Roland Emmerich and... uh, I had the name right here. Hold on. Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin wrote both of them. Yeah, but this one, uh, uh, the second one, had like twelve, like fifteen other writers on had top of it. Screenplay writers, of which Dean Devlin was also a screenplay writer, as well as a story writer, right. as well as Roland Emmerich. You know, like they're involved in both aspects. Yeah. No, sorry, you don't. You yeah. don't get a. A pass here. Is it is it fair to say that Roland Emmerich is the Michael Bay of the early nineties? I don't know enough about him. I'm actually clicking on him right now to see what other stuff he's done because yeah, okay. Well, well looking he, at his film, I want to say yeah, he did the day after tomorrow, right? He did. Yep. And he, when it comes to movies, yes, I think I have to agree with you. However, because I want to give him the credit words due. I, um, oh, that's a writer. Hold on. Maybe that's not directing. Hold on. I was looking at his writing credits. Because he wrote a lot of Stargate. The Stargate TV show. Right. He's apparently wrote a lot of that. And I know that show's highly, um, heralded. Like, it's got, you know, a lot right. of people love, but no. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um. But I'm with you on the plot hole. I'm, I'm with you. That's I, a, and also, it's a I'm big plot honest, hole, I, I, right? I think, like, I think I, you know, I, I'm really trying to look at this alien movie separate from other alien movies. You know, I'm well, really trying. I'm glad you phrased it that way because I really feel like the second one's trying to be aliens. Agreed. Like, the whole clean thing. Also, I think I dug the first Independence Day because the, you really didn't see 
the aliens that much. And when uh-huh. you did, there's a lot of there's a lot of mist and steam and and uh, and and they look like puppets. They look like which they, they move kind of clunky. Whereas in this fucking new one, CGI just ruined them. Well, and also, I mean, and and you're the film guy and the uh, one with the filmmaker mind, according to Matty Granger. Um, that that was one of the happy fucking uh, moments of my birthday episode. Um, I'm sure. Um, the mist and smoke and whatnot that you referred to from the first one, which I agree with you was a good idea. So I'm not being critical of that, but that to me felt very Jaws. You know. Jaws and and the first Alien. You know, you're right. In the in the shadows, it's it's a suspenseful movie, whereas this was just you know straight in your face CGI action. And oh my God, look! It's a giant queen alien in the desert chasing after a school bus, and you're just why the Which, fuck is this a thing? I need to back up to that for a minute because you talked about the kids being Randy Quaid's character's kid, Russell Case's kids kind of being irrelevant to the movie, right? Right. That group of kids that find Levinson's father really yeah. just come out of left field and there's no reason for them except to pull him off that boat. And one of, what I did like was one of them, uh, The there's a younger blonde girl and she's not even like the main like there's an older blonde girl who's right. sort of the leader of the group right. and there's a younger blonde one that's the girl who plays the young captain marvel yes yes i do recognize and, and her. she and she was also this fucking good movie uh well i don't know i mean i liked it it's called gifted with her and uh chris evans chris evans is her one. uncle or something okay. and and she's a fucking genius and he's raising this genius, and she just kind of is like, it's it's like Goodwill Hunting, but with a little kid. Right, right. Now, and I'm seeing this actress a lot. I'm really kind of digging her. I'm like, I want to see more of her. Like, I almost would have preferred they like go gone even more crazy and have Captain Marvel be a nine year old and just have her be it. She, <laughs> right. She spoke. I mean, nothing against Brie Larson, but this this little girl just spoke more volumes and has like the acting chops. Uh, and I, I think like more or less just like independence. was probably her first like movie. Yeah. I can't find her, but I think you're probably right. Like I'm not, cause I, she's not listed as a major character. So it's a little hard to find. Well, her. Just, just look up gifted. Okay. Um, but anyways, what did you think about? Cause it's another thing I was talking about, talking about when we were at the, the, um, the thing last night about uh, Vivica Fox, she goes from stripper to like doctor. You know, I brought that up to Stephanie when I watched it because I like she missed ninety nine percent of the movie, and then she saw the tail end of it today. Okay, um, I was sort of giving her the rundown, and I'm like, not to say a stripper can't become a doctor, right? But what the fuck? Well. As Kane put it when we were talking, he said she's that two percent that actually are working their way through medical school while they're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and look, you're right. Uh, it's it's not to say that they can't actually. She can't actually go from being, you know, a stripper to a doctor. You're absolutely right. But it's right. It, it it goes back to the same kind of plot hole when she's talking to the first lady. 
she's doing it to to get the money to support her son, not go to school. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, maybe helping the first lady inspired her. Like, you know what? This is what I was meant to do. I'm meant to yeah, help people I'm, in lo- different ways. Right. But that's the, the bigger point for me is not that, or, and, and maybe in the bigger problem is not that she became a doctor. I great. I don't really have a problem with that. It's this gaping plot hole between the first one and the second one where there's no exposition. There's no, why is this here now? Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I just felt like I felt I, that was more believable than whatever uninteresting character development they did for Dylan. I thought Dylan it could just be the fact that like it's very obvious that Will Smith's character was not his biological father because there's clearly charisma skipped this kid. Well, like but they he say was just that a bland, they they address that in the first one. Right, and it's very fucking obvious that this kid has does not have the charm <laughs> of Will Smith. He is just he is definitely the stepchild. He's just Right. You know, I just felt like it was such a fucking, I, you know, there's this whole new gimmick of <clears throat> you're going to make a sequel of a really well-regarded film and it's going to be 20 years later and the main character is going to be the nephew, the son, the fucking, the, the kid who was in the background. It's going to be a whole story all about him. And you're like, fuck, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Right. You know, I just don't give a shit. Like, I'm sorry that you want to make a movie about something that I don't care about. They didn't need to make that movie is really what it boils down to. They really, I mean, I get wanting to celebrate the 20th anniversary and that. And Same thing with like the fact that they got Liam Hensworth to be in it. Like, I felt like they, they put him in. He's strictly in that movie to be Will Smith is really what he's in that movie to be. Like, right. they're drawing off, whether it be uh, the Hunger Games or, you know, his smaller role in the Marvel Universe. But they were trying to draw off of that, you know? His his one role as, as the other Thor, you mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, the fact that he was going to be Thor, that's probably something that was discussed when they were, you know, trying to cast this, character, this person. Um, right. Going back to I, your... McKenna Grace real quick. Oh, God, please. Well, that was my point is that if if Liam Hemsworth is more is is the closest thing to Will Smith, Will Smith's character, than the kid who's playing his son. That's my point. I yeah, I felt like actually the one that was closer was the for lack of a better phrase, younger brother of Liam uh, Hemsworth's character because they were like brothers in the orphanage because their parents both died on the original event. I can't remember, right. the, but that guy. Um, I liked him, actually. I, I, did, I did, too. Sweet. I did, too. I thought, was, um, I thought he was a good character. Going back to McKenna Grace real quick, that's the actress you were saying that you liked that's in the movie. Um, yeah. Where I know her from, because I do recognize her. I don't. I didn't remember her so much from this movie, but like when I saw her picture when I looked up, I know this this young woman. And she is played a couple... Uh, she's played the same character in a couple episodes of Young Sheldon which is that spinoff of The Big Bang Theory. And she's also right. been on Fuller House, the reboot of Full House from the, the 90s. And it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, 
Where you might find interesting for her, though, is she is... Well, she's in the new Annabelle movie that came out this year. Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah, she's in that. Um, She's in this movie that's filming right now called Scoob, which, based on the character, I think is going to be a Scooby-Doo type movie. I did hear they're making another Scooby-Doo movie. And she's going to play young Daphne, apparently. So... As a voice, so maybe it's an animated movie or something. Uh, it's probably going to be like another CGI version of like the Adams Family that they're doing. But she's also going to be in the new Ghostbusters, the one that uh, Jason Reitman's yeah. shooting. Yeah. Um, Which, by the uh, way, talk about 20 years later or whatever the case, you know, this is what I'm getting excited about. I'm even more excited now that they just revealed that Paul Rudd's going to be in it. Yep. I mean, that's that's exciting. But the fact that you got Aykroyd to come back, you got, and, 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 and you got the White Whale in, in Bill Murray because he was like never again, you know. I think I think the rumor is that uh, Paul Rudd's going to play Harold uh, um, Ramis' son's I character. I could... And I could see that, and I think I'd be okay with that. Like, I think that's a good cast. I do. Because he's got a Harold Ramis kind of... He can do that, Van- or not Vankman, but um, Spangler, Egon-type delivery. Egon, yeah. yeah. Well, Spangler's I, I his can, last name. Yeah. Right, but I can... You know, the thing is, is that we're, we're going all over the fucking place, but like Harold Ramis, towards the end of his life, and I said this on, on our one of our previous episodes, is that he looked more like a father to Seth Rogen than oh, well, Paul yeah. Rudd. By the end of it, yeah. But if you take Harold Ramis circa good uh, Ghostbusters, then for sure he would be the father of Paul Rudd. Exactly. And that's why they're doing it. So. What I'm afraid of is sort of what we're talking about, is, is, is making a sequel 30 years, 20 years, 15 years later about the son of the main character. They, or, or at least shoehorning a the uh, uh, we need another character. We need a fifth because so and so so and so died. You know, John well, Belushi died, so we got to use Jim Belushi. Well, here's the thing. First off, I, with all respect to Harold Ramis, I would say the main character of Ghostbusters is Bill Murray, is Bankman. So I would feel right. more that way if it was Bankman's son. Now that aside, right? It would. My big concern about that movie, very quickly, is... I just had the thought and I lost it. Son of a bitch. Yeah, forget it. It's gone. Um, <laughs> well, look, let's go back to fucking Independence Day. Because... Well, yeah, but... You, okay, so for our listeners, you can tell how we're struggling because, especially the resurgence, like, I can... I can suck ID4's dick all day because I think that's a great movie. I enjoy that movie a lot, but the resurgence, like, that... <laughs> Gotcha on that, didn't I? Um, I'm just imagining it's a droid named ID4, <laughs> and you're just blowing a fucking like it's R2D2's like uncle. If we're if we're going into this, yeah, no, we're not. But okay, um, like it, it's a struggle. Uh, you're right. Yeah. It, it is. Also, I don't like the title. The title is just resurgence. Yeah, you know what, dude? I it is. It, it this movie is just a classic example of um, every when they make another movie and they don't want to call it resurrection, 
they call it something else. Or if if not, it just they'll make the other sequel, and it's going to be like Halloween Resurrection, Alien Resurrection, right? But, but and Resurgence is just the other gimmicky title that's not Resurrection. Okay, but they were it. It's tentative title, and and I think it went real close to the end of the finishing of the movie was ID five, and I would have had a bigger problem with that. I mean, I'd rather it just be called, you know, not made this movie. Like that's <laughs> what it should have been called. Is this film is is still a, just call it Independence Day Untitled Sequel because that was a better title. Then whatever the fuck, <laughs> just you know what, just just call it, you know, um, Independence Day: The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I. The other thing that I really didn't like is I felt they rushed it. It felt very rushed to me. First off, it's a lot shorter. The the first one, the first one's it's two, two and, and a half, half almost two forty. Like I think it's almost two forty. Whereas the second one's two hours, like solid 159. Mm-hmm. And it's just, so they, because of this time difference, they have to like rush this stuff together. And you get to the reveal a lot faster. Like I felt like the buildup in the original Independence Day was better done. You know? Agreed. It, it, you know, it's funny. I didn't feel like they were both directed by the same guy. But they are. and Right. I agree. I know. But, but they are vastly fucking different films. Whereas it's, it really is, to go with the comparison, it is Alien versus Aliens if they were both directed by the same guy. Because it's, you know, Alien, directed by Ridley Scott, is super suspenseful. It's more of a psychological uh, a, thriller than a than an alien movie. But I mean, there's well, aliens, it's but, it's still got some gore, right? whereas it's but, not like James Cameron film. Okay, you know, yeah, Aliens is a straight up action sci fi movie, whereas Alien is Jaws in space. And I think Independence Day had that Jaws suspense element, and then Independence Day Two was just fuck it. We are on. It, it was Sharknado. Is really what it was. <laughs> of which they're making the sixth. It's filming now. Oh, what's it called? Who gives uh, a fuck? <laughs> That's what the first one should have been called. Um, I will give some praise. I like the music. Uh, the the composer of the first oh. one and ultimately the second one, David Arnold. I guess I, I because when I was like, who the fuck did this music? Because the Independence Day theme is kind of, it's reminiscent of John Williams. It's, it's theatrical. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost like, it's in a weird way, it's kind of like the Superman theme. You know, it's just more patriotic. Um, but Steph actually did some fucking uh, homework and she gave me a fucking, uh, a dry erase board of David Arnold's uh, compositions. This dude did the music for. Are you ready for this? I'm, I don't yeah. even look it up. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies, the okay. Bond flick. Right, he did yeah, a lot okay. of Bond movies. The World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day, Casino Royale, the, and Quantum wait. of Solace. All right. All right. Oh, and the and hold on, and the games, and he did the video games nice. of the of the games based on those movies. He also worked on Stargate, so that's where I'm sure Roland Emmerich met him. 
Okay. Uh, as well as, bear with me, Godzilla. Which is another Roland Emmerich movie. Right. Uh, Shaft, the, the, the first one. The, the 90s no, the one. The second one. The second the 90s one, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, Zoolander. You're, it's getting worse the more you right. I, that's what I'm saying. But there's there's some. It picks up briefly. Too fast, too furious. Okay, I'll give you that one. Hot fuzz. I never saw it, so. Oh, you need to see hot fuzz. Oh, I think I saw it once. Of, of all the talk of of bad boys that you muster out, you need to see hot fuzz. I think I've seen it once. That's the one with Simon Pegg, and he's like the cop. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've seen it once. Yeah. Um, one of my personal underrated favorites is Paul, which is about an alien. Um, Independence Day, Independence Day two, and then this TV show Sherlock. The the Sherlock we like Sherlock the BBC the Sherlock that we like Sherlock. Nice. All right. So the dude's got some creds. He's just he also does. got some fucking stickers. Could anybody tell me what the fucking music of Zoolander is? No. Does anyone care what the music of Zoolander is? No. no. <laughs> um, but, I get you, though. You know, it just felt like two separate. My initial uh, original statement that I said earlier in the episode was, I think I would have actually been okay with this sequel if it was not a sequel. It was if an it, independent alien movie. If it was an independence movie, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um, speaking um, of those, I do have the the title for the the um the uh, now see this is it's eighteen, so maybe it's hold on. Yeah, it came out already. What? I guess they're doing a seventh. I thought it was six, but I guess they're doing a seventh. Hold on. Yeah, they're doing a seventh tornado. I thought the sixth one was the last one, but apparently the seventh one's going to be the last one. Uh, well, what was the sixth one? Revenge of the Sixth. No, the last Sharknado, colon, it's about time. And then the seventh one's going to be called Sharknado. We lied. Maybe. I mean, that's the only thing. I look, I don't want to get into a Sharknado thing because A, I've never seen them, but B, I don't care enough. But the one thing I will give them credit for is they know what they are and they put it right on front street. Like, you know. It's self-deprecating, whereas Independence Day 2 tried to be a good movie. Right. And- Fail. That's the other thing that I didn't like is that there was a lot of rehash of of lines, like yeah, you know Will Smith when he says "Welcome to Earth" and punches the fucking alien, which is a fucking great part. Yeah, um, and yells and he's dragging the fucking alien across the desert. I should be at a barbecue, and I'm dragging your ass to the desert. And what the hell is that smell? You know, the line, what the hell is that smell, is actually was improvised because when they were filming it. it, Yeah. What? That sounds like a Will Smith thing. Where they were filming it, there was a lot of rotted uh, brine and shrimp from nearby. And and the wind had just blown this rotting uh, shellfish shit into Will's face. And that's why he reacted so vehemently against it. Nice, but it fits. But but it fits, and then they started adding those lines of how the aliens just stink. But the line where he, after he punches the fucking aliens, says, "What you know, welcome to Earth." He said, no, "That's what I call a close encounter." When he's right. got the cigar in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. His fucking kid said, "You know, get ready for a close encounter in this one." 
Oh, really? I don't think I. Yeah. I don't think I connected. I believe you, but I don't think I connected it that way. Which means that Will Smith took his son and said, "Ah, oh, here's a thing that you don't know about is that when I punched out the alien and said, "Welcome to Earth," which is just a fucking amazing badass line by itself." I also said, where no one was around, this fucking also kind of like cool line, but like I'm telling you to show you how badass I am, and then you're gonna remember it for the next 20 years, and you're gonna do it. Why the fuck is this son a pilot? By the way, why is everyone fucking pilots in this fucking movie? I, I, you know, I, you can be other things. Fucking Vivica A. Fox went from being stripper to doctor. Can everyone fucking be something else? I kind of think it. I almost wonder if it went like the route of Israel. I'm not even making a joke here, but like, I don't know what you're talking about. So when you when you're an Israeli citizen and you grow up in Israel, you're required to do two years of military service. Oh, okay. I, I do know what you're talking about. So I'm wondering if they kind of America adopted. America just became a fucking like everyone's got to like put in their time. Kind of, yeah. I wonder. You know, I think Steph made a point because I actually, I, I, it was the Israel thing, but she said, I wonder if it was like inspired by the Cold War, where a lot of there were a lot of people after the Cold War signed up. The uh, well, same thing became, happened with nine eleven. You know. Same True. Thing. I mean, yeah. and I. But why is Will Smith's son or stepson or whatever the fuck? You well, him I can kind of get. Like he, he's the one that makes sense. The one I don't get. Well, I guess I kind of get the, the Whitmore's daughter too. I mean, because they were both pilots. That's the thing. Like following in dad's footsteps. Like I kind of get that. They were both and that's pilots. Kind of a fucking gimmick. Gimmick it's, or it just, not, it at least makes sense. It makes sense. I just, you know, Jake Morris fuck this being movie. a just pilot. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. You know, I would not. I will not pledge allegiance to this movie. Okay. Well, no one's asking you to. But I mean, well, like, I'm, I'm making like, a patriotic joke to it. I, yeah, I get it. Um, another another great line from the first one, though, that I still to this day use a lot, and anyone who's my age gets it. Like that's that's the other thing that, about this movie is the first one has a lot of lines that people um, my age will get, you know, even if you haven't seen the movie sometimes. It's one of those type things. And, like, the sequence where they're flying the uh, the individual ship into the mothership to uh-huh. blow up, and at one point they take over, the, the mothership takes over the flying. Well, he says something to to Goldblum about why didn't you tell me? And he goes, "Oops," which is a reference to earlier when, right? The "oops" isn't the important part, but he goes, "We got to work on our communication skills," and that's right. a line that people in my circle still throw around because of that movie. You know, I think you and I can relate to it just being podcast hosts to each for each other. Well, that too, but yeah, I mean, I've been using that line since 1996. You know, speaking of rehashing of lines, did you uh, notice the uh, must go faster, must go faster? Yep. Yep. I mean, there's a lot. And then they did it in the other one, too. The the young guy that you like is the one that uses it in the second one. Oh, you said it again. I didn't catch that part. What do you mean? Must go faster. Right. It's, in the second one, it's not Goldblum that delivers it. It's a different character. 
I don't remember the the younger dude saying it in a second. Yeah, I, I when they're when they're getting out of the um the mothership when they finally steal the alien craft and they're trying to get out of the mothership. Oh, I must have. Okay, I missed that part. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's a forgettable part, believe me. So I can see how you would have missed it. But it, it, this movie was overall just. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I am more intrigued of the potential third movie of where they just go and find the aliens on their fucking home planet or something. With, that, with the orb creature thing? Yeah, what the fuck was that? This movie was just a sci-fi movie where it ripped off every other science fiction movie. It literally had a sphere from the yep. movie Sphere. Okay, I don't know Sphere, but I'll trust you. Sphere's a fucked up psychological, suspenseful sci-fi thriller. Um with Dustin Hoffman and fucking uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. And it's it's it, it's not all like even resembles a sphere, but the fact this is a sphere with artificial intelligence, and there's aliens that have a queen thing. And you know, I'm just what I'm saying. This movie just said, okay, we're gonna look at like really good sci-fi movies. We're gonna copy a couple things, and then go on the next movie. We're gonna copy a couple things of that one. Whereas they should just not have copied anything and just try and be, you know, just just throw it in the trash. That that was that would have been the best thing they could have done. Is just it's not, look in 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 by all fairness, it is not the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm, but it's I'm, definitely and it's definitely a disappointing one. I'm about to read you some dis disturbing information and not like, you know, like what did Maddie Granger work on this? And I got to apologize. No, God, I don't know. I didn't look, but that's not it. Um, okay. No. So I was looking up, because you mentioned three, like a third one, right. right? And you might have said it tongue-in-cheek, but I decided to look it up. No, no, I'm pretty I, sure you, they're making a third one. Well, not as of now, but Good. it was set up for Resurgence to be the first of three additional films, not like so four in total from Resurgence. Now, here we are. Okay. So, why haven't these sequels happened yet? This is from Screen Rant. So, pretty reputable site, too. Yeah. Independence Day Resurgence was planned to be the first of what could have been three more films that would make the story and take the story in a whole new direction. Resurgence introduced this. This might clarify my society thing that I brought up earlier. But this wasn't made clear to me. You tell me if you think this was clear. Resurgence introduced a new alien species who are the enemies of the original invaders of Earth, which were giving them, finally given them the Harvesters. After he defeated the Harvesters and their queen in Resurgence, the idea was for new heroes of Earth's space defense, Jake Morrison, Dylan Hiller, and Patricia Whitmore, and David Levison, to join an alliance of other races to take the fight to the Harvesters in space as I kind of alluded to it, if you remember the movie. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if, so if I'm, the way I'm interpreting this, and tell me if you agree, the queen is not the queen of the aliens from the first one. It's a separate race altogether. But was that clear to you? Because it wasn't clear to me. It was clear to me that there are multiple queens, is how right. I interpret it. But that's not what this is saying. This is saying the queen is the queen of a completely separate race that's the enemy of the group that invaded us the first time. No, the sphere 
is no. the enemy. No, 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 no. Here, I'll read it again. I got it right here. Introduced a new alien species who are the enemies of the original invaders of Earth, which were finally given the name the Harvesters. After the humanity defeated the Harvesters and the Queen in resurgence, the idea was for the new here. So unless unless they're talking about that sphere, which is not clear in this article. So the article's as fucking vague as the movie is. Because no one knows how to fucking rationalize this fucking incoherent plot, dude. That's what I'm trying to say. Look. It, it, it was almost like they're trying to like copy Predators. That's my point. They're just trying to fucking copy other sci-fi movies. Sci-fi, as as far as I'm concerned, is... Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. This is an original concept and a great genre to expand your fucking imagination. Unfortunately, there's only so fucking far you could take it. They're Eventually, they're just going to be making references to other fucking movies. I mean, you get your Blade Runners, you got your Matrix. You get your fucking Star Wars, you get your Star Trek. You get your fucking Alien, and then you get Independence Day, which hates everything. It'd be like trying to make a movie about a cuddly alien. Oh, um, I wonder what the fuck that's a reference to. Really quick, do you, you want to know about the numbers for this? Because I have them. Oh, the gross? Yeah, I have it right uh, here. I'm going to guess it was like $115 million and made like $300 million. The second one or the first one? The second one. You're close. It's 103 uh, ultimately with 389 worldwide. Okay, so it, it, okay. I mean, it got its money back and it made a profit. Right. But by comparison, because I have it here. Right? Well, let me, let me guess what the budget was of the first one was. Okay. These, these aren't budgets. These are just grosses. I don't have the budgets. Well, that's a bigger deal because if the gross for. Uh, Independence Day won, and it had a very small budget. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think it had to, a small budget, but yeah. Well, uh, it had a smaller budget than well, Resurgence. Probably that's fair. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Independence Day's budget was probably forty million dollars, and it probably grossed like a worldwide over the past twenty years at least close to a billion. Uh, I don't know what its budget was. The gross first weekend was forty-one million. Opening weekend, okay. nineteen ninety-six, Fourth of July weekend. And movie tickets were cheaper as shit back then. So correct, right? And it grossed worldwide eight hundred seventeen million, whereas wow. Resurgence was one hundred and three. Yeah. Now I don't have. I have a budget for. Okay, here we go. This will. This will. Enough answer your question. The budget for Resurgence was $165 million. Okay, I was off by 60 now, but okay. The budget for... It says here, that it, which means it was twice more the budget of the first movie. So the first one was 80 mil-ish. Okay, so I was off by 40. Okay, so... But even still, that proves my point is that... Yeah. Its budget was $80 million, and then it's made $800 million? Worldwide. Worldwide. So, yeah, clearly, whatever the fuck Independence Day 1 was, was a better 
film. And, you know, I think it's something about the simplicity. There is, is more shocking and terrifying uh, to see the fucking the beam of light or whatever the fuck, the, the giant-ass laser, the Death Star yeah. laser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blow up the White House as opposed to the fucking gravitational pull that the second one was trying to do. It's still a cool concept, but it was, we've seen it so many times. Yeah. We've seen every new alien invasion movie for, starting from 2010 all the way to now is going to have major catastrophic consequences on earth, you know, and we're just kind of immune to it. Whereas I think the second one, the first one was super, simplicity it was super simple it was right okay fuck the world we're just going to destroy the landmarks and that's well, going to affect the patriotism you know to finish up this part of the conversation i will say that the likelihood of the sequels is even less because apparently dean devlin has separated himself from the project altogether he wants nothing to do with it he said it and then with the fox disney deal apparently disney's like no it can go away now. So well, because they're going to be focusing on the Alien franchise instead. They're not going to compete with themselves. Sure, and as they should, you know. So, um, apparently, they're going to try to do something with X Men, but that's there's not or not X Men or X Men, yes, but also the X Files. It says, um, but it doesn't get into details, so I'm not going to get into that. Before we wrap up on Independence Day, there is one other, um. Actor, I, you know, we talked about these, like, I don't want to say lesser known, because that's disrespectful, but these, these actor, go ahead, because they're not characters, I think, I, go ahead. I think I know who you're going to bring up. I'm trying to find his name. It's a guy. Adam I'll Baldwin? Who? Adam Baldwin, the guy who plays, like, the, like, the sort of, are you talking about the first Independence Day? No, second one. Oh, what? because there's that agent in the first movie who, like, he shoots the alien after they do the chokehold on fucking um, Data. Okay. And he's kind of, like, throughout the film, and he, like, he's the one who interviews um, uh, Randy Quaid and says, like, oh, you were a pilot? and you gotta Oh, the, the, he was a colonel. He wasn't an agent. He was a colonel. Or, like, a, not a colonel, but maybe, like, a like a major. He was an army. Well, or, yeah. But but he was, like, in a suit. He looked like, he looked like part of, like, you know. No, he was in uh, military. He had the... The metal things. I remember. I know who you're talking about. Tall, blonde, kind of. Yeah, young, young yeah, dude. Yeah. That, yeah. that dude, I, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but I have yet to watch it, but I have never seen Firefly, even though I'm a massive Joss Whedon fan. Neither have I. So I know, right but you don't here. fucking, like, you haven't seen anything of Joss Whedon as far as, apart from the Avengers. Yeah. And old episodes of Roseanne. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would count. Motherfuck. Um <laughs> That's so weird to say that, but yeah. Um, but I, I look, I have the first season of Firefly. Just I'm burning through everything else first. But Adam uh, Baldwin is in both of them, so I think it's funny that he's this dude's just surrounded by aliens all the time. But who are you going to say? Hold on, I'm trying to. I, I can't find him in the cast for Independence Day, but I know another movie he was in. So give me one second, and I'll pull up his name. You know who played Dylan in the first one? Oh yeah, the the kid that plays is uh, Nikki in Fresh Prince. The the kid from the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah, but he's also Buckwheat in Little Rascals. I never saw it. So. Jesus Christ! Um, I heard a rumor. Oh, Jesus that... Christ, me for that. That's. 
reasonable. I, no, it's not. I saw yeah, the rascals. Well, you like bad things. Um, yeah, 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 that's why you're my friend. Probably. Um, um, I heard a rumor that uh, Jada Pinkett had actually auditioned for the Vivica A. Fox role, but then she ended up marrying Will Smith in real life anyway, so it all worked out for them, I guess. Oh, wow. I think I'd heard that, too. Why can't I find this guy? It's really annoying me now. Just who the fuck? Just who the fuck is he? The guy that ends up being president because of the whole White House. Oh, William, gets... William Fichter. Yeah, that dude. It... I love that guy. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. And I was looking him up in Dark Knight because he's the, the bank manager at the beginning of Dark Knight. He's also uh, the, the secondary antagonist in The Longest Jar, the Adam Sandler one. Yeah, he he's in a bunch of stuff. And I've always liked him. Deb knows him from the the TV show Mom with Anna Faris and um, what's it? Jane? Oh shit, now I gotta look that up. God damn it. You know the show Jane I'm Curtin. talking about? Jane Curtin? No, I don't think so. Allison Janney. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, no, I don't know what show you're talking about, but uh, it was fun to spitball with you. Um, yeah, Stephanie, ref- Stephanie refers to that guy as the guy who's always an asshole in every movie. And I'm like, but yeah, but sometimes he's a hero who yeah, becomes like, an asshole. Or sometimes he's an asshole who becomes a hero. And in this one, he wasn't just really just there. He wasn't an asshole, I don't think, at any point in this movie. Um, tell us to the aliens. Oh, well, come on. If that's the the angle you're going, Jesus. Um. Anyway, I I think we've said what we can say about this series. It's let's Let's agree that the first one really just needed to stay by itself. The sequel, the sequel really, I think this is one of those instances where the sequel ends up hurting the original, I think. And that's Agreed. not something that happens all the time. Sometimes a sequel come out, the sequel will be bad, but it doesn't hurt the original. I think in this instance, it hurts the original. I'll give you a comparison. This is the best way I can describe this. This is like if you took Jurassic Park and there was no other sequels apart uh, you know, after after the first one, there's no two, three, right. four, blah blah blah, and then you made a, a the next sequel. It's only two movies: Jurassic Park and then Jurassic Park: Fallen Kingdom. That's what this feels like. Well, no, is a twenty five year gap. You bring back Jeff Goldblum, yeah, and it's all these new characters. You can give less of a fuck, and everything is flashier and and. Even though I still kind of enjoyed Fallen Kingdom, that's what it feels like. It feels like there need to be at least one movie in between uh, Independence Day and Independence Day Resurgence. I was going to say Jurassic World to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom because I like, but I get you're trying to go for the 20 year gap. So I, I'm with you there. But yeah. Well, also just completely different like looks of the movie. True. Like, I'm all for filmmakers trying new things and, and evolving their, their ways of filmmaking. But there is a complete departure of what Roland Emmerich did, which was he did it so well for the first film. It was patriotic. I mean, even fucking Pullman's speech, speech, yeah, which is gets, great and gets re-referenced in this movie because the opening sequence is is them watching that speech, right? But then he delivers this really shitty fucking line. In this one, in the second one, where he says, "On behalf of the uh, of of the world, Happy Fourth of July," and then just fuck you, just <laughs> fuck you. So you know, well, you know what this movie was? It was Spaceballs. It was bad. 
Some people say Spaceballs is bad. I don't, but I know no people think that. No one says Spaceballs oh, is bad. Oh, I've heard people tell me Spaceballs is bad. Well, those people need to get fucked in the ass by okay. the aliens. Speaking of being fucked in the ass by things, you saw Chucky, and I heard that was terrible. So, You know what's really fucking funny is that I'm sort of in the demographic where I kind of didn't like it. Everyone else is raving about it. Are they the, really? critics, the critics are fucking talking shit because it's a horror film. And most, unless it's the fucking conjuring or, or fucking insidious it's, or you know, like hereditary, it's got to be like of caliber of exorcist. Right. Critics are going to are going to shred horror films, especially a slasher film with a fucking doll. But like everybody else who's seen this movie, normal people like you, me, and well, maybe not you, but, um, <laughs> We are, uh, that was a, actually, that was a subtle dogma reference, by the way. Uh, like, normal people like you, me, and him. Well, maybe not you. What are you talking It's Chris Rock well, telling, uh, oh, whatever, dude. Right, I, I'm right, not going to over explain yeah. the fucking reference. No, I, funny, I get it now. Like, Finish your Chucky point. Um, a lot of people are open to it, but a lot of people aren't. And I think what it is is that it's getting a lot of praise from people who, forget that there were actually some good child's play movies and i think they're just thinking of the bad ones and because it's not an awful film it just doesn't work for me it's you know and i know you're you're you don't you could care less because you're one you're not a horror fan two you could give less of a fuck about a killer doll but well and and plus i listen you're right i'm not a fan of those things but if you'll indulge me for like a minute here like i have a problem when they take a franchise like this because it's certainly a franchise it's not just a movie or a a you know a trilogy it's, it's a also franchise. an ongoing franchise that's the fucking other thing well and maybe that's where you can defend what i'm about to say but like i don't like when they take it and re you were talking about recasting like they did that nightmare on elm street without robert england Fuck that. Like, you know what I mean? Same idea. Like, don't... they? They Look, we both love Mark Hamill. You're trying to get him on the show. Mark Hamill, please come talk to us. But, like... And he's a great voice actor. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not taking away from his ability, but, like, he should have said no out of principle. Now, I know he wouldn't because he wants to work and they were throwing a lot of money at him, I'm sure. So, I'm not faulting him, but really, they sh he shouldn't have done it for that reason, you know? Um, even he said that he, he enjoys, I don't know if he's a big fan of horror films, but even he said, like, I love Chucky. Like, you know, I love like the, I mean, he actually voiced Chucky in a, a, a clip of uh, Robot Chicken. Right. But, um, and that's fine. Cause it's Robot Chicken and that's probably a good choice for that. But I'm saying like Robert England going back to Nightmare for a minute is Freddy Krueger. Right. So putting someone you know, else in that and that thing I, is a I problem. actually will defend Jackie Earl Haley as the other Freddy Krueger. I thought he had a harder job, which is he's not doing a Jason Voorhees or a Leatherface or a Michael Myers, which is be imposing, be big and be right. quiet. Right. He has to be, you know, he has to talk, he has to act and he has to be scary and Robert England is a fucking is a genius at being both terrifying and also can be funny. 
Right. And Jackie O'Haley, I think no matter what, he was destined to lose. I would have, I actually, I, I, I don't hate the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. I think I like him in the movie, whereas the movie I think is inferior. But I think he did a great job. Right. Whereas I, for Mark I, Hamill in this. Before you, if I could just jump in, because I want to defend myself slightly here. Like, I'm not saying anything bad about that actor. I know nothing about him. Like, you, you know him and you like him and that's great. And that's awesome. I know nothing about him. I, I think he was put, excuse me, behind the eight ball because he was cast. So I agree with you. Like they, but the, my issue is not with him. My issue is with the the producers or whoever decided to say let's replace Robert England with somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but but Robert England was already kind of like I'm done. He, but they shouldn't have made already... it. They should have just stopped. <clears throat> but they weren't going to stop because they had ju- Rob Zombie had done Halloween and there was all this whole new and and, and that actually didn't was do test- well, from what I recall. That, the, well, fir- the first one did really well. Okay, but the second one I mean, didn't. The second one made a lot of money, I think, but it still was critically awful. But right. actually, to the the text sheets on Massacre by Michael Bay and, and Planet Dunes, ironically enough, actually was the real reason why this was like all these new remakes of horror films. Right. I, I expected a remake of Child's Play years ago. But and I think that's my biggest problem is that you may not know. That time you got home from a week of double shifts and your dog didn't recognize you. Let's go. Hey, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Do you want a treat? You want a treat? Oh. You knew it was time for something new. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, you can find jobs with the work-life balance and salary you want. Plus, build a resume and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Start your search at CareerBuilder.com. This is that there's the original franchise, and it's still going. They're still making, going to be making movies as well as a TV show just called Chucky. There's Don Mancini, who created the character, wrote the first movie, and has gone on to direct some of the more recent ones. They've gone Child's Play 1, 2, and 3, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, and then a big-ass gap, and then it was Curse of Chucky and then Cult of Chucky. Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky were released on Netflix from the past five years, and it's going in a more fresher, interesting way. Universal said, okay, fuck you, we're going to make our own Chucky at the same time. So they, there's now two separate Chucky lines that have nothing to do with each other, and now basically it's just going to divide the fans. That's what I have a problem with. I is agree. That Universal, Universal made a fucking mother Chucky to spite the filmmaker. Okay, then I agree with you. That's even worse. Like, And again, I am gun-ho about trying to get Mark Hamill on the show. He's never going to do it. But, you know, his whole thing, on his Twitter thing, he said, live your dreams, reach for the stars. Motherfucker, I'm gonna keep reaching for the star. I got nothing to holding me back except nothing a to lose. Order. Except yeah, yeah, I was gonna say except the restraining order. Right. We actually um, we said that on the the birthday thing. Matthew Granger said that if you remember. By the way, I did look up to see if Martin Scorsese has a Twitter. He does not, so I can't really stalk Scorsese to get him on oh, the show. I just picked a big name director. You know, who would you want if you could pick any any big huge someone like huge huge like like I, ridiculous no no limit like sky's the limit like no but i'm saying like no chance we'll probably ever get the person because there's people yeah. lower that i think we could of course yeah 
if we're getting the no chance in hell list, it's Spielberg for me. I would prefer Spielberg over Scorsese or, you know, one of those guys. That's just me. I, I mean, I, any of those big ones, I will take. You know who I think is possible for being a huge star? Who? Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, if we're but if we're sticking with directors, if I could bring it down a notch, and I and I when I say that, I mean with no disrespect to this individual person, because I need to be clear of that. Not only because I want to get him on the show, but because I actually respect the head of him is J.J. Abrams. I would love oh, sure. to talk to J.J. Abrams. I, I would love to talk to anybody who wants to come on and talk to us. Well, but of course, but it would, but especially you, Mark Hamill. Yeah, no, look, dude, I, 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 and I was afraid it came across that way on the birthday thing that we were really busting your chops. We weren't. We were all applaud. Anyone had talked about that, we were applauding your, your guts T- and my, your my tenacity. Yeah, dude, like I meant it as complimentary as it could possibly be. Oh, I didn't. I didn't take any offense to it. I actually took it as a major compliment. I, I yeah. I'm. You know, here's the thing, and it's it's really funny. Mark Hamill is one hundred percent aware of me. Yes, because of the Oakland thing or whatever. Yeah. Well, that, but also because I've tweeted at him. But also, right. he is—he made a reference to a comment that I made to him, but didn't like like it or or comment my my claim. Okay. There was a guy who added Mark Hamill and said, "Mark Hamill, what should I get a tattoo of?" Because Mark Hamill is being bombarded by everybody. Because Mark Hamill is the shit. He's sure. the fucking best sure. person. Um, and Mark Hamill said, no tattoos, please. And then I commented and said, that should be the tattoo, is the quote saying, no tattoos, Mark Hamill. Right. And I, and I got a lot of love for that, actually. Mark Hamill fucking made a post saying, no tattoos and not this phrase either. <laughs> that's funny that's and then funny. I commented on that I said you don't even give me any fucking credit you really are trying to ignore me it sounds like it so but as as Chucky it's different first off the doll looks like shit so there's yeah. there, I'm losing well, Mark Hamill by me being honest I think well, the doll which is not his fault right it's not his fault at all but it's a CGI doll if I read correctly no it's an amateur it's an animatronic as well as CGI doll oh it's a mixture it's, okay yeah, it's eight different animatronics, and it looks like a robot because that's the point. Is it's supposed to be a robot? Well, it's a robot that, yeah. gone because, bad. Because the original Chucky and the subsequent Chucky movies that you know this original series that you talked about, those were all well, maybe not all, but most of them were animatronics, right? They they didn't get into CGI until maybe the <clears> latter <throat> ones, if at all. The la- the la- the last couple ones were mixed with. CGI. CGI and the CGI actually looked good, pretty good. Okay, um, some of it looked a little clunky, but this one, when he's a robot, he's moving and jerking like a like a like a robot. He he kind of spazzes, and you can make the argument that it's he's a robot, and also because he's a faulty robot. Okay, and, but and Steph made a point because his eyes change colors. When his eyes are blue, he's He's the buddy. He's the he's your best friend. When he is, when the maliciousness, when he starts going haywire, his eyes turn red. And 
there is never a part where he is learning how to move more fluid and run and jump. It just shows it. And that's what I think was more jarring was he's super jerky and robot stabby. And then all of a sudden sprinting and leaping super fucking high up in the air, you know, trying to like, remember in um, ready player one where Chucky yeah. had a cameo. Yeah. It like there, it was like that. It was like he was super robot jerky, and then all of a sudden he's just super quick and stabbing and flinging everyone and flying everywhere. Um, also, there was a the, the relationship between Avi Plaza, who plays the mom of the kid. She came off more like a sister than as a mom, and I kind of didn't appreciate that. Um, but ultimately, Mark Hamill did a very good interpretation with what the director he did a, he was the best part with what they gave him right and what they gave him was you are you are trying to please andy you are trying to make this kid your best friend and whatever you all the all the murders you do is you're trying to help your best friend <clears throat> there's this reoccurring line where mark hamill's chucky says are we having fun yet and it's like, he says that after like Andy finds a body. He's like, are you happy now, Andy? Are you happy? Are we having fun yet? And it's, that's, that's a creepy part. It's, it's a creepy aspect to it. Um, the kills were kind of just meh for me. But there is one part that Steph can vouch for made me super fucking uncomfortable. And I was, I was like, shifting in my seat and I was like twisting my fucking hands and I was chewing the fuck out of my nails. I was not happy. Okay. And I got to spoil it. For those who haven't seen Child's Play, this is a very minor spoiler. Uh, Andy has a cat. He has an orange, young, oh, no. two-year-old. Bear with me. Uh, the cat scratches Andy. Chucky gets alarmed and says, why did he do that? He's like, oh, he's just being an asshole. He's a little dick. And he and Andy goes to the bathroom to get a bandage, comes back and finds Chucky strangling the cat. Oh. Bear with me. That's not the worst part. Andy knocks him down and says, Whoa, you can't hurt the cat. You know, you can't hurt things. You can't kill things. But he was hurting you. Like that's that's right. Chucky's very much an innocent, and I kind of dig part of it. If you're gonna go a direction, go this direction. I right. like that. Right. I wish they wouldn't have made it at all, but whatever. Next, Chuck, uh, Andy comes home from school the next day. The cat is killed, stabbed by broken glass, like stabbed repeatedly. He buries the cat or he throws in the garbage chute. Yeah, he throws in the garbage chute. He tells his mom the cat ran away, that he blames it on the mom's boyfriend who he doesn't like. He opened the door. Oh, he left the door open and the cat got out. And this is the worst part for me. Andy's trying to go to sleep. It's dark in his room. There's a trailer where it shows him kind of scan the room and he sees Chucky in the shadows staring at him. That's what this is. Chucky's staring at him in the dark. And Chucky throughout the film reoccurringly will play audio to justify why he does what he does. He will record Andy say, oh, I just, I don't like that cat. Or I, I hate that cat. Or, oh, my mom's boyfriend's a dick. Therefore, Chucky kills him. And he's like, why did you do this, Chucky? My boyfriend's a, my my mom's boyfriend's a dick. Like he repeats shit. Right. Chucky, this is when I was like, this is not 
innocent robot. It's no longer innocent. He is doing this to fuck with Andy. Chucky replays the audio of the cat dying. Oh. Over and over. Like hissing, growling, yowling. Yeah, fuck that and noise. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I could get like all the people dying in the fucking movie. Fuck them. You're you're in a horror film, you're supposed to die. But leave the fucking cat alone, dude. Yep. As soon as I saw there was a cat in this movie, I'm like, fucking this cat's gonna die. Fuck. Um, um and it wasn't him killing the cat, it was him taunting Andy like that. By the way, how come no one's talking about the fact that there are two fucking movies where there's a kid named Andy and his and his toys come to life? What oh, right. Slightly different, but yes, I get your point. Um so as, yeah, I saw it, it was a B minus. Child's play was a B minus. As we're getting still a, pretty generous. How many fedoras? Because that's your scale here. That's a two, two, two and a half at the most. I mean, okay. is it the worst Chucky movie I've ever seen? No. See the Chucky is still the worst fucking Chucky movie I've ever seen because it goes full on camp and ridiculous. Mm. Whereas this tries really hard to be a decent movie, and in some scenes delivers but ultimately it's it's clunky it's it's weird it's well also there's there's a guy who looks exactly like jack black and it throws me off i i know you're not a sports guy and you never have been um but i will share as we're ending this episode that at least you have chucky in the area at all times because your oakland raiders Hired John Gruden, who's commonly known as Chucky. I I actually heard about this, and I was trying to find a clip of it or a, a picture of him to see. I get it. I see it. I see the uh, I see the resemblance. He has been known as Chucky for ages and ages and ages, and to the point that. And again, I know you don't follow sports very much, but especially the Oakland Raiders fans, they're fucking nuts. They are just nuts, and. <clears throat> One of the things I've seen them do is go to the games in shoulder pads, and some of them have spikes on them, and they wear pirate stuff because pirates are a thing too, because raiders. But right. some of them have actually had the head of Chucky on the shoulder pads on, on either side on this. Well, not necessarily on the spikes, but just where the spikes would be because uh. he was the coach. Because he he was the coach of the Raiders like twenty years ago, and then he took time off, and now he's back. And right. so, and yes, the Chucky's back has been a thing when they rehired him. So, well, not not to mention the new Chucky, Mark Campbell, is from was born in Oakland. There you go. So, but you know, here's a here's a funny thing. I don't know if you know this. Do you know who recommended to Mark Campbell to audition as Luke Skywalker? Oh, you told you've actually told me this before. You have mentioned it, but I don't remember. Robert England. Yes, you did say that. Now that you say it, I remember. Which means this new version of Chucky is friends with Freddy, which maybe we'll see a fucking you know crossover. Maybe we'll see Freddy versus Chucky. It's got to be a better than Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason was pretty oh, good. I was gonna end it there, but that's all right. Um, let's. You do have a heart out, so we got to get you ready for your birthday dinner, my friend. I do. I gotta get out of here. I gotta eat a bunch of uh, you know, uh, uh, fucking food. Benihana. Um, Benny yeah. I will thank Benny you. Hanna! Benny Hanna! Benny fucking Hanna! Happy 4th of July to everybody listening. Hope you're being safe. Please 
don't do stupid things with fireworks. Enjoy the day, and uh, we'll get you on the next episode. And that's what I call a close encounter. CJ here with a few thank yous, and I'll let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. Listen to Potaskew on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. We want to thank our logo designer and show friend, Mike, for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at mpxl.s, the number two, art, at gmail.com. Again, that's mpxl.s, two, art, at gmail.com. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme Askew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. love in a relationship with somebody who tells the same joke over and over? Somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed? Now, be honest. Is that somebody you? Look, MeUndies knows relationships aren't perfect. That's why they're celebrating imperfectly perfect matches with their new Valentine's Day collection. Starting now and for a limited time only, new MeUndies customers get 25% off matching pairs and free shipping. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. If you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies sustainably soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. Get 25% off your first order of matching pairs, plus free shipping, at MeUndies.com slash VDay25. That's MeUndies.com slash VDay25.